Through bushes and through briars I lately made my way All for to hear the small birds sing And the lambs to skip and play All for to hear the small birds sing And the lambs to skip and play I overheard my own true love His voice did sound so clear Long time I have been waiting For the coming of my dear Long time I have been waiting For the coming of my dear Sometimes I am uneasy And troubled in my mind Sometimes I think I will go to my love and tell him of my mind. Sometimes I think I will go to my love and tell him of my mind. And if I do go to my love, my lovey will say nay. If I show to him my boldness, he will never see me again. If I show to him my boldness, he will never see me Through bushes and through briars I lately made my way All for to hear the small birds sing And the lambs to skip and play All for to hear the small birds sing and the lambs to skip and play. Welcome to Hyperborean Radio. This is Celtic God speaking. That intro song was courtesy of Julie Russell, also known as the Bread Witch and Eat, Bake, Sing. Check her out on YouTube um, so that you too can get her album. With me today is Harold Anderson, and uh, you have a YouTube channel. Um, what's your YouTube channel, Harold? Um, yeah, now my YouTube channel is actually my and my wife's YouTube channel, so it's it's called Our Complex Simplicity. Uh, you can check it out. It was previously called just my name, Harald Torver Andersson. But you can go and check it out, Our um, Complex Simplicity. All right, We cool. are just restarting everything on that channel, and uh, there will soon be new videos and you're, you're reformatting that right so that it's going to be covering yep. like homesteading and how to do stuff like sewing and and um yeah it's uh, not going to be covering so much of how to do things it's kind of just more a visual in, inspiration mm -hmm. uh, for people uh, with more of 
what do I say, hidden messages of traditionalism, and masculinity, femininity, kind of a natural balance in between those things. Celebrating uh, who we message. are. Yeah, celebrating who we are, but in a way that uh, even if a you know, normie would be watching it, they wouldn't maybe understand exactly what's going on, even though they would see all of these things happening, uh, kind of awakening and, uh, what do I say, planting uh, other ideas in, in, uh, in the people around us. Too. So people that know about what we're doing and, and are in this kind of sphere of people, they will see all of those signs uh, of, um, of, you know, what you would consider, uh, what most people consider paganism or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, festivals or it can be midsummer celebrations or whatever. Well, and I just so, yeah. want to let people know, um, if you hear Harold huffing and puffing, it's not because he's a big fat guy reaching for more Cheetos. It's because he actually works on a farm and he is taking a moment right now while he's working to talk with us. So uh, we appreciate yeah. that. Thank you, Harold. Absolutely. I'm very glad to be here. And then um, today we wanted to go over some upcoming shows that, that we have and kind of talk about them a little bit in passing. Um, where in the next shows we will really focus on the various topics. Um. But, yeah, did, did you want to start that conversation, or should, should I? Because you know where I'm going to start. I'm going to start it at the smallest possible point. Right. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, because the reason why I want to start at the smallest point is just in case somebody, you know, they, they don't um, have the attention span or the time or uh, so that they don't tune out. Because everybody, when they first... When, when they're talking about farming or homesteading or um, what's, what's the other term everybody throws around, um, self-sufficiency, they always right. start with the several acre or several hectare um, farmstead. And right. it doesn't need to start there. It can start in, if you live in an office space effectively, it can actually start there. And then as you make ground, it can expand uh, uh, from there so yeah we, we want to start everything from the the studio apartment where you can't you, you can't go outside and and uh, you know dig a garden plot because it's a you don't own it or whatever the rules are all the way up to where you have several families potentially several uh, unrelated families possibly living on the same land working the same land which is a massive difference but they're all headed yeah. in the same direction they're all variations on the same thing like um, I believe yeah. on your farm that you still have um, have sheep and you have cows right um, yeah we have sheep and cows uh, the sheep are we're getting rid of them because uh, I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of having sheep but uh, I, I enjoy the cows so much more and there's so much more uh, you know kind of economic an economical aspect they, they bring so much more fertility and, um, and and so on to the farm so I enjoy much more working with them mm-hmm. so uh, yeah but we're expanding uh, we that under- and getting rid of the sheep right and we understand if you live in a studio apartment you are not having cows um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way that is you probably aren't having chickens or rabbits either you might have rabbit but you're not having rabbits um, yeah so we we understand this and we want people to understand that no matter how how difficult it is, you can begin somewhere. You can make things better in small ways 
until you can make things better in big ways. And, and the major push for you, I believe, because it's it's a, a concept that you keep bringing up, is um, the community aspect of it. Right. Absolutely. It's a, it's an important aspect. Like here on our farm, I convinced my my family to uh, so including my mother and father and brother to. Uh, to get out of this, uh, you know, not the city, we were living uh, out in the woods before, but we only had a, you know, a normal house and, uh, and a, you know, a backyard, a little bit bigger mm-hmm. kind of backyard than most people would have, uh, but still. Uh, and I actually started having sheep there because I had a good connection with the farmer and he didn't really use his land except his daughter has had two horses. So I was having my sheep there and, and he was just glad that they were, you know, on the pasture keeping the landscape open mm-hmm. but uh, i convinced them and we we uh, got away from there and and i i told them that, <laughs> the funny thing was that i told them that hey i'm feeling that you know the world is just going worse and worse and i'm feeling right now and i had this feeling that soon something's gonna happen boom we get the farm two months later corona hits mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh then everyone is like yeah you got a farm oh perfect that's exactly what you should have now people say right <laughs> it's like yeah when before yeah, we were, that, you was probably hearing, why do you want to do that? Why don't you just get a job working down at Buffalo Bills or whatever? Right. Right. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunately here in Sweden for uh, people who actually want to homestead and so on. It's it's something that's starting to become really, really popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been TV sh- two or three TV shows that's running on air about, you know, farming and kind of homesteading and glorifying it very quite a lot. Uh, so people, you know, uh, is quite eager on getting to farms, which makes it also harder because the market, you know, uh, the value of farms and so on increases, of course. Right. So, but yeah, in the, in the other direction, it's, of course, very good that people want to approach this lifestyle. Right. Well, and the fact that there's a market for it shows that uh, people are getting sick of the status quo, pretty much. So there, there's... Yeah. That is a hope that is going to get harder, but it's just the nature of life. And yeah. really, it doesn't even get harder because um, some people, they'll have conversations where 200 years ago, life was so much easier. A thousand years ago, life was so much easier. Well, that's not the case. It was just different. It was harder in some ways. It was easier in others. Um, and it's just the nature of life. It, it's, it doesn't really get any harder. It just changes. Um, well, because like the homestead, um, we, we've already touched on, you can, you can, uh, do farming, even if you yeah. live in an apartment and, and we'll touch a little bit on it, but we don't want to blow it all in this, in this episode. Uh, yeah. probably going to do that one. The, the next episode that we do where we really yeah. focus on a particular thing, but, um, and then you touched on your, your own. You basically, you had a house with a, I'm guessing a front yard, definitely a backyard, because you mentioned the backyard, and oh, yeah. how you was so, starting to do things there, and yeah. then then you have the homestead homestead scale. Um, you go back far enough, the homestead, whether, regardless, that's that's more along the lines of what most people, they they inflate it, but that is the farm that most people had was the equivalent of a modern day fo- uh, homestead. But there's people that think, well, if you just got tired of stuff, you could just go out in the countryside and uh, live in the woods. Well, 
Not any more than you can today. Right. And the, the reason why you couldn't is because all the land was owned by the king. If it wasn't owned by Lord Harold or Lady Hailstorm <laughs> or Baron Jeffrey, it was owned by the king. That was the king's land. You didn't just go live on the king's land. I'm sure in some countries you probably could. And the other countries that really hit the, the history books, that was not the case. You didn't hunt on the king's land. You didn't forage on the king's land. You didn't walk across the king's land, let alone live on it. Yeah. So it was no yeah. different then than what it is now. Well, it was different, but it was no easier then than it is now. It was simply different. So if they could do it, we can do it. Yeah, absolutely. There are uh, many, many possibilities on, on all different levels. Uh, and it was a long-winded way of getting to where I was going, but I just wanted to cut off all the, the excuses on the way. It's, yeah, if they could do it, we can do it. And, yeah. and it, there was a lot of people back then that lived basically in the equivalent of our modern apartments. Uh, maybe not 2,000 years ago, but definitely by the time they hit um, where, where cities were starting to grow. And what was their response? They had patio balconies. They had... Uh, the, the little garden outside. Sometimes they would get permission or rent lots, etc., etc. So, yeah, the, if it could be done then, it can be done now. It's different rules, different people, different time. That's true, but um, it's no harder or easier. We, you just have to um, uh, look for ways to be able to do it. And yeah. there's always the easy, the, the easy answer. Well, hit the lotto and then buy the land. Boom! There you go. But uh, let's be honest, that's not for most of us. And, and as far we also wanted to talk scales of, of farming in some of the upcoming shows. Where are you? Are, are you doing it simply for yourself? Uh, for for a, a pair, a small family. How big is a small family? How big is a big family? Um, right. And and the community building. The community building is just massive. Yeah, well, that's some, something that uh, we were also was going to cover a little bit today. It was was just, you know, the subject kind of was like how, you know, the question always people ask themselves because people don't know. I didn't know either. Was that how much like how much land do I need just to feed my family? Like, oh, do do I need twenty hectares or five hectares to you know have a milking cow and have hay to it and everything? You know, these are simple figures for a for a farmer. When, and when you know uh, um, not to cut you off, but I want to do going. math for people real quick. I think a hectare yeah. is approximately two and a half acres for the Americans that, that deal in acres. I think a hectare is close to two and a half acres. Uh, so you can yeah, do the math. two and a half acres. Yeah, exactly. Two and a right, half but, acres. Anyways, yeah, do you need a hundred hectares? Uh, do you need one? Do you need half of one? How much, how much land yeah. do you need? Yeah. I was trying exactly. to get you back so, on track here. Right, so the land, land that you need, uh, of course, comes down to basically how many individuals you would like to feed. So uh, that's the first thing that you need to know, is that, okay, how many people do I have in my family? Is that number gonna increase or decrease over time? Uh, and, uh, well, it's probably not gonna be <laughs> decreasing, usually not. Maybe if you're a, you know, older couple and your kids is almost already grown up and they're going to move away 
but still you want to be able to produce food for them if something happens you know in the world they're going to come home and uh yeah then it's important that you're going to be able to feed them of course so taking everything into calculation um so how much would you need if you're a family of four for instance if you're going to be having a um all right well that also comes down to what do you want to eat so depending on what you want to eat of course if you're a vegetarian or vegan which i cannot recommend to being a vegan uh not vegetarian either because i I love meat too (laughs) (laughs) but uh but then you do not need a lot of space you still need access to nutrients because you're not having nutrients from animals if you're not having animals on your on your uh, homestead or just on your you know in your garden around your house um you but you do not need a lot of space for vegetables we are talking about uh for a family of four happening up in our climate here in sweden which means that if you're living in a better climate it's probably even less Uh, but we're talking 500 square meters for a family of four to have vegetables uh all year around right and 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 again for the uh, carrots let me do the translation again for for the people that are unaware that that works out to um quarter acres split that in half and then dock off enough room on that for a house mm. so it, it's it's like a house with a big backyard right and, and um, you'd still have think, room to run around on it yeah I was making the calculation before it's 0.12 acres but you yeah. would probably use square feet by by then I guess <laughs> yeah by the time you get down uh, that far it's, it's about square feet yeah and, and right. uh, um, so, so, so that'd work up to about 500 square feet which sounds massive until you realize it's this many feet by this many feet equal that many square feet so right yeah uh 10 by yeah. 10 is, so, is a, a 10 foot by 10 foot is 100 square foot so yeah, yeah there you go you usually like the absolute smallest like uh houses inside of cities usually have about 500 square meters of total you know plot size mm-hmm. uh, including where the house is standing and everything and that's extremely small you know you're having houses tight 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 next to each other uh, all the way and very small backyards and and there you're still able to produce quite a lot of food on that very very small piece of land right and and, and some of the the future ep- uh yeah future episodes i want to talk about how we might even be able to reduce that f- 500 mm-hmm. square meters to feed four by some of these right. other means like vertical vertical farming for instance Right. And there's different ways to do this because when, yeah. when you look things up, that you'll come across this simple answer like vertical farming. Oh, that's hydroponics. Well, not necessarily. There are many forms of vertical farming. Same as there's many forms of uh, what would the other one be? Horizontal. That that just sounds weird. Ground farming. <laughs> but right. there's many there's many different approaches. Um, I mean, you might even turn. You have a closet that you don't really use. You might turn that into a garden space. Yeah. I mean, people have been doing it for a while now since the advent of, what are those lights? Uh, the UV lights? Yeah, the UV lights, exactly. So, yeah, there's all kinds of, of options, but we as, uh, yeah. in general, for a if family of four, that'd be the husband, the wife, and two kids, right? Um, you're looking yeah, at about exactly. 500 square meters, and that's, that's not even optimizing yeah. the space. That's just 500 square no, meters. No, and, no, no, no. Exactly. We're talking about kind of go back in time a little bit more uh, conventional how to grow vegetables 
like the nineteen fifties, you know, uh, me too. like the nineteen fifties backyard garden that everybody thinks of because of TV. Uh, yeah, kind of, kind of like that. So if you would install a more of a permaculture uh, and a market gardening style, uh, we, we are talking probably even more. Like you, you can get massive amounts. So uh, I know that some crops are even four doubling the amount uh, of you know crops per square meter mm-hmm. uh, or per square feet um, that you're producing if you're using. Uh, you know, alternative, and why usually, for instance, on the seed packages, they say that this is the, this is the spacing for plants and so on. It's because right. can I get you to, to hold your thought on... right there while we cut for a commercial right. break, real quick, and then they can come back and find out why on the yeah, seed packages it says these <laughs> descriptions. All right, so uh, here we go, and uh, we'll see you guys in just a moment. All right, so um, welcome back from the commercial break, and now we get to hear why this. The seed descriptions are on the back of the packages the way that they are. Why is that again, Harold? Right. So the reason to why the seeds uh, are, you know, uh, instructed to be planted in this certain spacing from each other is because uh, they are used in the commercial setting. So take carrots, for instance. They they tell you to have uh, to have uh, whatever it could be, uh, 10 centimeters apart, 12 inches, uh, whatever it is uh, for you, and they do that because that is going to fit the farmer equipment on the back of the tractor because everything is, you know, mechanized today. Mm-hmm. Uh, that everything is going to be made by the tractor and no human hand is going to be touching it at all. Uh, so that's the only reason. That's literally the only reason to why the spacing is as it is. So you can yourself, you know, dense that, make it much, much more dense and, and much more, what do you say, compact. Uh, you know, planting them uh, much, much more frequently in, in spacing. Uh, you can you can find out uh, exactly the spacing just if you search for market gardening uh, crop spacing, um, and you will find uh, what people have been doing and the results that they've been getting. But we can we can uh, talk about almost four times the crop volume from the yep. same amount of square feet or square uh, meters. Right. Well, and um, planting them closer also helps with water retention, by the way, just for anybody that, that's yeah. curious, because green stuff cr- comes up from the top of them, which shades the soil. And then when it rains, it actually helps yep. retain some of the fluid, which is why farmers have to water their, their crops so often, is because of the spacing. Right. And it uh, also uh, comes down, uh, w- actually what you call that is actually a crop canopy. Yeah. So a crop, uh, so it's like a micro canopy, and it all, not only helps with, uh, with uh, you know, uh, shading uh, from from the ground, which uh, obviously kills off the weeds underneath. So it kills the you know, uh, possibility for weeds to come up, but it also protects against wind, wind chilling, which makes it a warmer climate underneath, a microclimate, so-called microclimate, and that uh, in itself, you know, especially when you're living in a bit colder climate. Uh, helps the crops to actually, you know, grow efficient. But yeah, that that explains a lot because um, I've had people complain about uh, raising a garden, for instance, and they're like, "But you gotta go out there and weed so much. It's just crazy." And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about because yes, I, I've weeded the garden, but usually once the plant actually starts growing, I just leave it alone, and I don't have problems with weeds growing all over my garden." And it must be because I don't follow directions very well. Um, and I plant the, the plants closer together, which causes, what is it that you called it? The crop canopy? 
Yeah, exactly. Which then does, you know, um, then the plants that you want to be there begin to bogart all the, the materials and the weeds just don't grow. Yeah. And here's, here's another thing too, and this will probably be stated many, many times through, through these series of shows. Weeds don't actually exist. What a weed is, it's a plant in a place where you don't want it. If you have a cornfield yeah. and a giant oak tree, most people will not call an oak tree uh, a weed. However, if it's yeah. in the middle of a, of a cornfield and you don't want it there, it is now a weed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's usually seen as something, you know, a plant that is undesirable uh, to have. Uh, for instance, here we have, I do not know the name in English, but it's called Skreppa. And you have them in the fields and they grow huge leaves and kill all the grass underneath them. Uh, and, you know, people who cut hay, they hate them. And, you know, they spray and spray chemicals, whatever they're called, pesticides and all kind of these things on, on, the, on the plants to, to kill them. But the only reason why the plant is there, why weeds are there, is because they are repairing the soil. The soil has been damaged, so they are coming in. They're sprouting because the conditions are right. And they are pulling down nutrients either from the ground or from the air or from plants or whatever, slowly regenerating the land into, you know, um, to the balance where the minerals and the, and the, uh, uh, and the soul, uh, well, you know, uh, and one yeah, way, it's only one, minerals is right. One way that you can think of it is, is a plant that eats the leftovers of the other plants where the, the plant, the other plants, they ate their meal and they're beginning to start to death. This one on the other hand, comes in, eats their leftovers, the stuff that they didn't want, and then redeposits what the other plants do want. So it is actually a cycle. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I like talking with Harold Absolutely. about farming because it makes me feel smart. I'm like, oh, I know more about farming than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's not so complicated. I mean, there, there, it's, there is a huge, huge uh, labyrinth or, you know, uh, what do you say? What would you call it? Just you know, uh, basically ignorance about natural ways of, of going about farming. Uh, but the, it's turning around. I mean, it, it's you're having a lot of also of the positives where more of re regenerative agriculture, uh, permaculture. Even though that has been very very much you know um, infiltrated by hippies and and so on who wants to save the world by heating onions right. uh, and. Uh, but otherwise, there is there is a lot of different uh, things like holistic management and so on that that is very positive. But before that, I mean, uh, it, it's very uh, uh, yeah. I was gonna say subverted, but I I don't know if that's right. the right word. Well, uh, yeah, it, it is kind of like people will make it seem a lot more complicated than what it is in an effort basically to either make themselves sound really smart or to keep other people from even trying because oh i have to know all this stuff and it's it's super complex and it is but it's also simple functions that anybody can really understand basically if you just have eyes to see fingers to feel yeah so it's yeah and there, there are tips and tricks which is part of uh, what we're going to be talking about so um, it minimizes your odds of crop failure, I guess, or or animal death uh, when we get to yeah. where we're talking on scale for that. Because there is a certain uh, minimum amount of space that you want for animals. Different animals require yeah. a different space because last time I checked, they come in, in a variety of sizes. 
sprites. They do. They do. I, I mean, yeah, again, I'm pretty sure a cow is bigger than a rabbit. But I'm not a farmer, so I'm no expert on this. And yeah, if somebody in the well, audience can let me know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that, and that comes into the point of, you know, you know, if you have a piece of land, like what do you want or uh, how, how much do you need for depending on what, land, you know, animal or uh, what do you want to grow for your family? Uh, as we said, vegetables is definitely like the most, um, what to say, the, the least uh, space required. Uh, but you also have fruits, berries, nuts, and so on, and mm -hmm. you can combine these. You don't. You don't have to have only vegetables. For instance, you can grow vegetables underneath trees, so they're, you know, they're um, uh, in half shade, kind of. And a lot of vegetables will even uh, feel better if they're having a little bit of shade uh, throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, so then, then you can stack. Well, and fruits stack too. Mul multiple, uh, you know, layers of crops on top of each other utilizing the space optimally right i mean basically it's kind of like a community this plant helps this other plant do better and because this other oh, yeah. plants there the first plant also does better hmm. so it's not a lot of people will describe it as this plant steals nutrients from this other plant that is true on occasion but often uh, the, the the one plant that does really well and full sun right and then it'll shade the the other one that does better in a shady area. You would think this is just one yeah. way, uh, just a one way um, path of of um, I forgot English of uh, use of, of relationship. But the plant that's in the shade also helps retain water and other nutrients for the the primary yep. plant, which absorbs the sunlight. Because without the the, right. the second layer, where the the water will dry out eventually, it will dry out. Each layer of plants helps retain moisture for the the, the soil in general. Yeah, and it, it, some, some, it, go ahead. Something else that uh, people do not usually take into calculation is wind. Mm -hmm. The the wind the wind is dramatically, uh, you know, decreasing the warmth uh, of a microclimate uh, and it's uh, it's also uh, you know um, uh, what would you call it uh, it's extracting the moisture out of the uh, soil as well so um, dehydration I guess <laughs> well know, yeah you, you have that the, the wind can dry up the, the soil not to mention just the wind yeah. can cause damage to a plant it's like a single tree in a field hmm. versus a tree in a forest the, the one right. tree in the field is more likely to take damage because it's standing there by itself. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, it's definitely good to have to have that kind of rigidity in the system that you have different plants supporting each other. So, well, and, uh, and, and there's it's also... It's a bit of a um, per permaculture principle. Right, well, and there, there's also kind of um, the, the concept of... Um, you, you have, I don't know, you, you really want carrots, but you also have, I don't know, beets. You don't really like beets. And I don't know if they're, I'm just pulling this this off the top of my, my head, but um, you have herbivores come in. They will eat carrots, but they prefer beets. And basically you're planting a sacrificial plant. 
you'll harvest it if it's yeah. not at all taken, but it's, it's basically a distraction from what you don't want the animals to actually yeah. get a hold of. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, there, there's a lot of different so, things that you can take into account, and it can get really, really complex, but it's not really as complex as even we're making it sound right now. Well, because now yeah, we're starting uh, to break into, um, like, micro, uh, not microcosms, micro um, habitats and stuff like that, which can get really, really complex. But you don't need to know all the ins and outs. You don't need to know, like, the pH factors. You don't need to know, well, no. what animals are going to come in for this and and what insects are going to do this thing. And you, you don't need to know everything. All you need to know is that plants work well together and they grow in dirt and water helps <laughs> yeah pr pretty much uh, you know you start there and then you'll notice what every plant needs needs and uh, and as long as you're adding nutrients to the plant uh, through compost or manure or whatever uh, that you have available then you're gonna see that different plants you know they like different kind of nutrients better than other but in general it's about feeding the soil not the plant yes well, healthy, so, healthy soil makes for healthy plants. That is, yeah, definitely. That, that might be a new shirt. Healthy soil makes healthy plants. Yeah. So, uh, but now we pretty much covered, uh, you know, uh, vegetarians and uh, and vegans' uh, mm -hmm. diet. But what about real men's diet? Right. Uh, right. Meat. <laughs> yeah, I, I was gonna say there that you know, with rabbits, uh, that's something that people with a backyard, rabbits is absolutely perfect. Yes. Uh, you do not need to have more than, you know, uh, like two does and one buck. And you're going to have a lot, a lot of rabbit meat per year. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can go and cut the hay alongside roads or whatever, you know, that and, you could. And hay just is get the just... Grass clippings from your neighbors. Right, which is what I was, was going to point out to them. Hay is just fancy word for grass. Yeah, well, it, hay is, you know, it's it's a dr dried uh, grass usually. It can also be, you know, just dried alfalfa or dried, um, but it's a dried plant basically. Right. Uh, but usually it is grass that we're speaking about. It's from, right. from a field of grass that they've cut and right. dried. Well, and to get a little bit more specific, it's more than just long grass. It's grass uh, mixed with clover, mixed with uh, other wildflowers and alfalfa and uh, it's that stuff that just grows up. You don't have to specifically plant it. It just grows. So, can you feed them just grass? Yeah. Uh, so far as I know, yep. you can. Uh, they don't require yep. anything else, but they're happier if they get some clover. They they. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it's much much better if they get a mixed diet, and especially clover. Clover, for instance, with a beef. If you're only having a grass fed, uh, you know, grass fed cow. Uh, you cannot finish that cow on solely grass. He's never going to get fat enough. So you have to have clover in your pasture. Uh, and you would ideally want to have about 30-35% uh, clover in your pasture when you're finishing uh, your beef. Because they're, they're going to gain a lot of fat, uh, becoming really juicy and nice. Right. Well, and as far as space goes, like for rabbits, they don't require that much space. I think um, usually for us, because... We, we ate them consistently throughout the year. Um, obviously, we had more yeah. animals than this because you got to have more than just, just rabbit meat. But um, yeah, I, I think our, 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 I don't even know what to call them, the boxes that we kept them in, the cages, 
um, 10 yeah. feet by two to three feet, and they was considered big for uh, big for rabbits uh, because within those the rabbits went crazy until we built smaller boxes within that they could actually hide in or burrow in. Right, exactly. Uh, that's the legal requirement in Sweden also. They should have a hide box. And that's, of course, where the does uh, make their nest for for the uh, small uh, rabbits coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, yeah, we, we made a cage that was 130 centimeters by 80 centimeters uh, for one doe. So they have quite good space there. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it, it's not a lot of space at all. Well, and, and people ha- have rabbits as pets too, so if you handle them all mm-hmm. the time, you don't have to worry about them running away. Um, no. But you don't have to handle them all the time. It's just then they might run if you get them out of the box. Yeah. Right. But the good thing is no matter the size that you're having, if you only have a backyard, I mean, you could, you could literally only have a balcony, almost. Mm-hmm. But maybe then you would have to buy the rabbits instead of breeding them. But... but you could almost do that and just feed them on your balcony. Right, De- depending. Yeah, I wouldn't maybe recommend it, but you but you could, uh, theoretically, because they'll be so quiet. Like, no one will know that you have them. Right. Um, well, and I was just so, going to say, depending on rules, you know, if it's going to get you evicted, you probably shouldn't do that. But, uh, yeah, right. that's literally all the space that you need. If you have have a, uh, a balcony or a... a mm. Patios are usually bigger than the balconies, but if you have a, bal- a balcony... That's literally all the space that you need for a couple few rabbits. Right. So it, yeah, absolutely. It, even even if you can't do them, be, it, well, I can't do that in my apartment. What are you talking mm. about? Well, we're using your balcony to explain to people that can have rabbits how much space they need. They're aware of how how big mm. your balcony probably is. Uh, a yeah. few few feet by a few feet. Uh, which yeah. incidentally is less space than you need for chickens. Exactly, and and about chickens, you know, just poultry in in general. Uh, ch- chickens, if you have a backyard, that's gonna be enough. Uh, and and the only thing you feed them is your food scraps, uh, and so on. And it's maybe you call, buy a little bit of grain, give them. But uh, in general, if you only have five chickens or something, your food scraps is gonna be enough for them. Um, so, yeah, as long as you have a backyard, you could potentially have chickens. You could also maybe have ducks instead. Ducks is a little bit more quiet. So mm-hmm. if it's a you know if you're having a neighborhood with a, it's just if it's a noise issue, then yeah, then you can have ducks and get a lot of eggs from them also. Um, so yeah, small animals are good in that way. Bigger yeah. animals like as pigs, you can have, you could have you know buy just two piglets, then you feed them literally for six months, which will be about a thousand kilos uh, of uh, of grain uh, per pig that you would have to buy, uh, and then you can have them at 0.1 hectare which would be a thousand square meters which is about 0.25 acres um, uh, so it's not a lot of space and then you'll get two pigs which are each gonna weigh about 150 kilo uh, that's about let's see that's about double pounds. so that's about 300 pounds yeah it's about 300 pounds and you'll have about 70 kilos uh, per pig of pure meat uh, almost pure meat so um, so it's quite a lot of food in six months to be growing uh, out of a, a bag of corn or and your food scraps that you're giving them on a thousand, you know, square meters in the woods. You can even have less than that. You can even right. grow. You could even have them on maybe 500 square meters, 
depending on the rules in your in in your area and just how humane you want to be right exactly you know more space is going to be a happier pig of course so they can go around and uh, and of course the best thing is if, if you would have several paddocks and move them around so they create a bit of disturbance and then you move them away from there so that the ground can repair and plants can you know start growing again and so on right and uh, uh, but right, it's not, not right here space. i'm going to stop for a, uh, another commercial break and i hope that you guys come back and hear the end of the show All right, and we're back. Um, yeah, so we, we've covered rabbits and chickens, and of course, everything is just in, in cursory because in, in our later later shows with Harold, we want to get more in depth with things. Um, but we've we've covered rabbits and chickens and pigs. Um, what about goats or goats or sheep? Those are popular and they're smaller and don't require as much space as a um, as a cow, for instance. Right, a go- goat is a great option. Also, I I never owned uh, goats myself, but uh, mm. uh, in in Sweden, we're, you have not lived, old... my friend, until you owned a goat. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, the Swedish uh, saying that we have is uh, for goat is called poor man's cow, <laughs> uh, and it literally it literally is because I mean they give a lot of milk, they'll give you meat also every year, and uh, uh, yeah, they, they don't require as much food. They're not. Uh, squimish at all they eat literally almost anything that you give to them they're uh, they're really self-sufficient yeah, yeah yeah they definitely are but uh, sometimes that can also be troublesome <laughs> because they'll eat things that you don't want them to eat so and they have, have magical teleporting them. powers keeping them contained is is hard you, they, they yeah you have yeah. to make them want to be there you cannot actually keep a goat contained if it doesn't want to be contained they just teleport yeah, yeah, basically, and and the worst thing is that especially then it maybe if, I I can imagine if you have a milking goat, you'll get quite a good bond with it, so it mm-hmm. it wants to kind of be with you quite often and come and you know say hello to you. So then it, they're gonna escape and they're gonna be standing at your front door in the morning and saying hello to you, knocking <laughs> on the door with their head bang bang bang. Because yeah, I, I used to have a nanny exactly. goat that did that, and, and she insisted on being milked. She liked it when I specifically milked her. However, she didn't like it when I milked her. I think what it was, she wanted to fight with me a little bit and then let me milk her. Yeah. Goats aren't right in the head, man. You can tell from their eyes. But they're they're good animals. Uh, yeah. They're, they're really easy to take care of. Um, and they don't require that much space either. Like, yeah. um, I mean, we let our goat walk around. But her barn, and we had a few goats actually, but their barn wasn't, when you say the word barn, people think this big massive building like in the uh, the American barn, and I, I believe they're based off from Swedish or German barns, which are quite large, um, basically for entire herds. But we had, uh, I think, five or six goats, and it's about the size of most people's tool sheds. And they just right. went in there at night, we just cleaned it out, and they just started using it as a barn. And yep. then they'd come out during the day and just basically wander around the yard. And it's not like we had 50 acres. We had a very yep. small plot of land, and they they stayed at home because they liked us. I guess we didn't even have yep. to we didn't even have to put up a fence. We had a fence mostly just so that people wouldn't wander into the yard and our goats kicked kick the crap out of them. 
because goats get per- yeah. goats get pretty territorial. I can imagine. <laughs> they, they are quite. Some of them are quite scary, actually. They, they some of them have massive horns and yeah. And when you look them in the eye, you're you don't really see an intelligent being always. So then it's very very hard to calculate what's going to happen. When you look <laughs> into the eye of a goat, the abyss stares back. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Or two very large testicles if they're turned around to uh, you know with their back towards you. Right. <laughs> well, and and, and my, my point is uh, that we make them sound ferocious, but anybody that's been to a petting zoo understands these animals they aren't ferocious. No. But they will defend themselves, and they will oh, defend yeah. other animals in their territory. So. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, goats are goats. They're, they're, I would actually recommend them as a starting of the larger animals for people. Um, hmm. You know, once they understand rabbits and understand chickens, goats are pretty easy. Uh, goats are easier than cows, but cows aren't really difficult either. They're just more, they require a little bit more space. But goats, hmm. they're, they're small enough that you can push them around. Hmm. So, yeah, go, goats are my go-to for learning bigger livestock even before yeah. pigs even before pigs 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 are are more than and it's not that pigs are hard none of these animals are hard to take care of because last time i checked most animals want to stay alive so you offer them food if it's something that they will eat they will eat it yes absolutely and pigs they are eating uh, most things as well <laughs> yeah including your so, chickens if they get if the chickens get yeah, yeah into the pig pen. absolutely <laughs> they love themselves a bit of a fried chicken yeah. <laughs> Minus the fried part, they 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 just yeah, really yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was just America and me. <laughs> but yeah. um, I, I'm hoping everybody sees where we're going with with this. Is um, everybody thinks that they need the 40 acres, the 120 acres for these farms, but you don't. You you don't need no. that much space, and it all depends on what it is that you want to do as well. What is your what is your goal? You work yeah. with what you have to get to where you want to go. And community yeah. really is is the big thing, um, because for the last little bit we've been talking about basically like what you and your family might do, but how uh, we want right. to get into how this applies to a community, um, even mm-hmm. even the little studio apartment garden that that you might have. How can this apply to the community at, at large? How can you build a community off from that? And mm. it's. It's a valid question. It's an important question. It's an important question to our people because community is so lacking. Hmm. Yeah, it, def- it definitely is. So, it's something that uh, definitely, you know, it, it's it's very hard to be dreaming and fantasizing about that you want to have a large piece of land, and you want to have the community there or your family or whatever it. Could. But sometimes we just have to. I wouldn't say that you should accept less, but just when you, you know, it it takes time to come to certain points of life, and sometimes you just have to allow that to pass. But meanwhile, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing anything. You can be learning a lot of things from an apartment, from just having a small garden on your balcony. Uh, the principles there are the same as they would be in your backyard uh, or when you have your homestead. Right, I mean, a compost pile might be a, be a bit of a problem if you have a uh, have an apartment, <laughs> but you can still grow tomato yeah. plants. You can actually still grow potato plants. A lot of people think, well, potatoes, those have to grow in a field, right? No, no, they don't. No, 
You don't have no, to have a field have a to grow a potato. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, I, I had uh, two two more figures that I wanted to share also before oh, we sure. coming uh, a bit bit closer to the end. Uh, but it was with the you know people you know usually are dreaming also about having you know a dairy cow. Uh, you get a calf every year uh, for meat, and you'll get milk every day, almost all year round from that uh, dairy cow. Um, and it's not so much that you actually would need. Um, theoretically, you would need about one hectare uh, for a cow and her calf to have pasture. And if you have really good, then you'll also get your hay that you need for the winter from there to those two. Even though I would recommend that it would be probably better to have uh, two hectares so you can rotate a little bit more and let your land rest properly in between grazing uh, but that's not a lot of land either that you need to get and and as soon as you have a cow i mean you have a huge amount of food products we're talking milk butter cheese cream uh yogurt uh you know creme fraiche uh, sour cream everything that you can imagine uh, that comes from the milk product so and it's so much especially in our culture what we are eating from the european you know diet so plus you'll get that calf every year um as long as you are having a bull uh to um to do the deed mm -hmm. um and uh, going away from that but just talking fastly fastly about just forest because people are wondering how much forest would i need you know if i'm gonna cut my own firewood and heat my house I would say about three, three, three hectares of forest. If you're not gonna be, you know, uh, totally degrading the forest and letting it, you know, always grow a little bit more than what you're taking out, that would be about seven, seven acres. But yeah, that's what we're talking and about. That, that'd be for in, a small in Sweden. House. So if you right, and if you're having a warmer climate, if you're having a warmer climate, then you might be, uh, you know. Um, uh, not needing as much, but here I would say a minimum of three hectares, but you still need to be kind of managing everything very well. And as very you well. said there, it's it's a small house. It's a small house and it, it's an energy efficient house. Mm -hmm. If you're using, you know, cubic or cubic meter after cubic meter, cord after cord of firewood for your house, then of course you're going to have yeah. more. Yeah, you're not going to get you could, you could you're say. not going to get 75 face cord a year off from this for very many years yeah. before you have no trees left. So yeah, exactly. But that that so many can, hectares, that many acres will and indeed, if you have a, a energy efficient smaller house, like you can have a big house, just close off parts of it during the winter and only use like a bedroom, the living room, and the kitchen, I guess, and make those really energy efficient. Yeah, you could actually heat. Uh, those rooms off from that much uh, acreage, I guess, of forest, yeah. pretty pretty easily because the forest is content. If you manage it, it's continually growing back, is continually drop yeah. dropping uh, dropping wood. So you gather up the limbs. Right. Uh, this tree has died. I take that tree as opposed to the live tree right next to it because, yeah. um, and wood is the one thing I I am I know a lot about because right. Um, a dead tree, a tree, the tree will be dead, but the wood is still green for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it also works in reverse. And it, it's one of those things where if I had a camera crew and a lot of land to tour, I, I would love to do videos on this. Um, but currently right now I, I, I'm 
not in a position to do that. But here's hoping eventually, hopefully, I'll be able to basically tour the U.S. with a small camera crew and go through and actually show people these trees so that they'll inadvertently damage healthy trees or uh, protect one that's that's dying or even dead. Hmm. That's my goal. Yeah. I, I want to get to yeah, where absolutely. I'm actually showing people how how to do this stuff and and, and manage the. Uh, land management i guess in the sense of the forest of the trees because it's it's what i know it's what i grew up doing right ah. yeah and, and you know and and back for people you know that that want to do these things and want to want to do come on a similar journey uh they just you need to create a plan and you need to calculate what you need and what your family and um and even yeah. if you can't produce That's everything that you need if you can produce part of it that gets you that yep. step closer to where it is that you want to be. So, right. Uh, I don't know. You eat tomatoes. To... You, you eat tomatoes, and you can only grow one tomato plant. That one tomato plant gets you that much closer to where it is that you want to go, rather than buying those those tomatoes that that one tomato plant yeah. plant can uh, produce. You save that. You you just save that yep. money, put it in your little kitty. You might invest it in mm -hmm. more tomatoes next uh, the the next year, um, more tomato plants the the following year. Although if you're smart which is something else I want to cover, is how to get seeds out of the plants that you grow. Hmm. An amazing yeah. an amazing number of people don't realize that these plants self-propagate. So they, they, the seeds that make the new plants are within the plants that you already got. They, they yeah. oddly think that seeds are produced at factories and then put into the envelopes instead of they're grown in plants and then dried and then put in envelopes. But yeah, I want to cover that too eventually. You know how to hmm. propagate the, these plants and and whatnot. Right, and the absolute best way to learn about these skills is to continue listening to the farm part yes. of this show. <laughs> yes, because this is this is where we're going to focus. Uh, me and Harold is on the the farming and the homesteading and uh, the the plants and the animals and even some forestry because the Harold knows uh, a bit about forestry himself. We, we've had some interesting arguments, and then turned out that we was both saying the same thing from two different directions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, forestry services, in, in my opinion, um, most of them that I've met, I've met a couple good ones, but most of them I've met are um, college-educated idiots. It's like somebody that just Googles up how to do something but has never actually done it, and then tries telling you how to do it. Yeah. Uh, so, and if you want an example of what I'm talking about, go to your local park and you'll probably see exactly what I'm talking about where you got dead trees all over the ground and then dead trees standing up oddly and trees that's falling over and nothing is really growing anywhere. That's the result of most foresters. Right. But, um, yeah, I mean, really, and um, we're, we're going to get more into... What can, what can we do ourselves, small scale, and how do we work to, to bigger scales? Or if, if, yeah, you might not want to become a, a, a big scale farmer, which is fine. You don't have to, but we're, we're going to work through all of these various ranges of, of the farming life. And like you said in um, 
Uh, previously, what's the difference between a farm and a gardener, the person doing it? Yeah, basically, I mean, what, what makes a farm a farm is the farmer. So if you're only gardening, well, you're a gardener and not a farmer. Right. <laughs> so um, on that note, I guess uh, we can wrap this up, and I hope everybody's excited to hear about apartment farming <laughs> uh, on our next episode. <laughs> Uh, because that's where I really want to start. I think it's most important to start small and then expand from there. So, um, yeah, I hope everybody joins us on our next episode, which is that's what I'm going to be pushing for is for us to talk about the smallest scale possible. Yeah. So if you want to wrap her up time. and I'll play us out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for listening. And, uh, yeah, come back to the next show. We'll continue speaking about all these different subjects about farming, homesteading, and uh, you're going to get small, small, small golden nuggets a bit here and there uh, throughout episodes. Take care. All right. And then I'm going to wrap up with uh, saying, yeah, it, everything is one step at a time. We can build communities together. Re remember, we are the gods of the future. And uh, I hope that you join us next time. Through bushes and through briars. I lately made my way, all for to hear the small birds sing, and the lambs to skip and play, all for to hear the small birds sing, and the lambs to skip and play. I overheard my own true love, his voice did sound so clear. Long time I have been waiting for the coming of my dear. Long time I have been waiting for the coming of my dear Sometimes I am uneasy and troubled in my mind Sometimes I think I will go to my love and tell him of my mind Sometimes I think I will go to my love and tell him of my mind. And if I do go to my love, my love he will say nay. If I show to him my boldness, he will never see me again. If I show to him my boldness, he will never see me again. Through bushes and through briars, I lately made my way, all for to hear the small birds sing. And the lambs to skip and play. Oh, for to hear 
birds sing and the lambs to skip and play. Oh, thank you.